My brother, uh, when we were in in Victoria the other month, was uh, showing me and my mom some Mitch Hedberg stuff. Oh, I love Mitch Hedberg. What the f*** is going on down there? Hi everyone, it's episode 399 of WTFTFW. Seth, this is the last episode with a three in front of it until about 2,600 episodes from now. I don't think we're... Are we going to make it that far? I'm just an optimistic person. Like, not that I think like the show's going to end, but we might die of old age before that. I, I had a dream the other night, um, somewhat related, where I had both cracked the I'd cracked the code of immortality and then immediately realized now I have to deal with preventing the heat death of the universe. And I was like, is my work never done? Then I woke up and I was like, oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> I was getting all ready and prepared to deal with that. I thought you were going to say that you had a dream that you ended the podcast and you felt really good about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on episode 399. Never going to give them their 400. Nope, screw them. No. <laughs> the plug <laughs> changing my name uh seth welcome back uh how you feeling i'm all right i was uh i had a bunch of burger king earlier and then i got home and i fell asleep and i just kind of woke up right before we started recording and then we had, we had an, as as the as the uh as the as the the voted leaders of canada and america we had a nice little powwow about the status of our our unions oh yeah and, talking uh, about politics is a good way to get you woken up and and blood boiling and ready to go yep uh in short everything's fine don't worry uh, yeah <laughs> everything's great um seth i got some transformers for us to talk about i even have transformers i even have like more titans return stuff that was revealed officially and not even leaked in five billion slivers of a desaturated photo so like it's a good day I'm thinking when that happens, we should specifically not talk about that stuff because it's ridiculous the way people are like, I'm going to keep making people come back to my Tumblr blog or wherever it gets Way posted Weibo. to see the next sliver. Weibo blog. Don't, yeah, just, no and, need to, uh, to talk smack on Tumblr like that. We're, we're getting into Weibo territory here. Yeah, there's so much other smack to talk about Tumblr. And um, I just want to start I want to start Weibo beef because, like, I don't know. Do I know anyone who has a Weibo? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But, uh... Yeah, like if if we give these people credence, then the terrorists win, and we just have to not even negotiate and pay them no mind. That's how important Transformers conversation is. It is to me. Took a sip. Yeah, uh, take a sip on my Mexican Sprite. Well, speaking of places that are not the continents that you and I live in, uh, it was in Australia that Hasbro Australia had a little event. Uh, where uh, several Australian fans and fan sites like Ozformers specifically were invited over to check out in person uh, some unrevealed figures, specifically Legends Ravage, who's uh, a retool of that Stripes Tiger that we all keep seeing and forgetting about, and uh, Voyager Astro Train, who's the uh, redeco with a new head that we were all expecting from Sentinel Prime. Uh, there was also Galvatron uh, in person so that his actual purple could be seen after that video that came out where his purple was like friggin' nuclear bright. Uh, there was a Crash Bash there as well. And there was a G2 Combiner Wars Bruticus that no one apparently took photos of. <laughs> or at least quickly forgot about. Because uh, he's just standing in the back. Uh, Astro Train's the big news here. And the thing I should mention is the photos have Astro Train with pointy shoes. 
but uh, it's been revealed that not not just through render photos, but through physical photos as well, that those pointy shoes can be folded away and replaced with kind of shorter, sharper shoes, which are the fronts of his train mode. So you can mess around with uh, both the front and back of the train mode and the shape of his shoes. And I think Adam Paulus on Twitter was asking to the general populace, is this the first Transformer with two different shoe types you can switch between? <laughs> um, so, Seth, uh, taking a look at Astro Train, and it's probably something that needs to be stated, remembering that his head is a headmaster because it, it looks really good from the front, and I forgot it was a headmaster for a good couple minutes. Uh, yeah. How are you feeling about this guy? Um, I like the robot mode. Uh the vehicle mode or the, the the spatial mode it doesn't look that much different than the scourge that's coming and oh, the yeah. train mode is like weird it looks more like a space battleship than a train i figure so, it's a space uh, vehicle train. mode yeah but it like has a superstructure like a warship hey what i, I said um, space train i should have said an astro train. <laughs> the hell, uh, Cosmic Express or something. Ooh. But uh, yeah, like his vehicle modes don't excite me too much. Like I like the shuttle mode a lot better than the train mode. But the robot looks cool. The headmaster looks really good. Mm. Um, and I like the pointy toes. I do too. Um, Especially if his train mode was more like a steam engine than like the old West pointy boot feet would be even cooler but he's not a steam engine he's a crazy space train battleship <laughs> an astro train battleship i gonna let that go uh he's yeah he's uh i guess i guess i like his shuttle mode like i like the shape of that shuttle mode uh the train mode like i don't mind it but that's more so because i was okay with sentinel prime's second vehicle mode uh I think I think it looks cool. I like the colors on it, but it certainly is like a total sci-fi space train with wings on the top. And like I'm not there's a certain point where it's like, I think that's neat. And like I don't think there's like a, a reasonable discussion I can have with someone who doesn't like it to try to tell them, no, listen, it's actually a great train. I rode on a train like that once. Because I haven't. Trains like that don't exist. Um that's gonna be, I think, the the barrier to cross with this figure. Uh, yeah, like I haven't seen, or I haven't watched anything like Galaxy Express related in a very, very long time. But I, I seem to have a memory of there being like other space trains and that that didn't look like old steam engines. Um, and maybe that's what I'm mentally associating uh, this Astro train with. Yeah, the the only thing I remember from Galaxy Express is the blonde lady with the huge furry hat. That's about it. Yeah, I'm trying to scroll through Galaxy Express images and see if I find any other train design. Galaxy Express 3.9, if I uh, recall correctly, is the full title. Um, This uh, Galvatron, uh, I'm really hoping that this like darker purple on his chest and his arms is the purple that we're getting. Um... Because, as I said, there's this video that Hasbro recently put up where it looked like that purple was a lot less dark. And uh, I would really love it for the stateside version to have that dark purple because the Japanese version is having a much lighter lavender. And I, I, I like it when the Takara Tomy and the Hasbro versions of a given toy are 
super different. I like it when it's like they are leaning into the fact that like there's going to be two copies of this. Someone take this color scheme. Someone take this color scheme. So uh, fingers crossed. That, like it looks like that's actual poured purple plastic. So fingers crossed. This is what it's going to look like in the end. Yeah. And uh, I think we also got a close up here of the, of Galvatron's headmaster without the Galvatron helmet in front of it. Uh, it's a little ways down where you can see someone holding like a kind of grumpy looking gray head. And I, I kind of like that there's a little miniature crown sculpted onto the onto that head on its own. It's, it looks like Megatron's head with a crown bolted to the front. Uh-huh. Um, and there was there was also an image in here which I don't remember where it is. I think it might be the the yeah the purple head. You can see that the neck peg is to the side a little bit, which sort of confirms that like the little headmaster head on a ball joint is going to allow for a bit of tilt when these things are put into place. At least I'm, I'm really hoping so. Because I like ball socket necks. Uh, Seth, did you find the corroborative images you were seeking? No. Aww. I don't see the ones with Galvatron. Oh. Oh, wait. Are they in here? Yeah, it's on the no, top link. This is the other one I was looking for. It's in uh, first toy it. images. So we had, yeah, we had, we had another... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We had, we had another product reveal that I put on the bottom that I was just going to throw a quick mention at to clicking on the wrong one over and over again (laughs) (laughs) refresh yeah no i'm i'm excited for the whole titans return thing except for the uh cassettes i think are awful but (laughs) yeah i'm uh someone was asking does it look like on ravage if those two huge plates sticking out of his back could maybe be folded down to fill in his abdomen I'm, i'm hoping so at least or you know they could be folded down to run horizontally along the top of his body because, like, the jet mode is funny. I don't hate it, but it's not one of two major modes to me. Um, and I'd really like to like his animal mode, because I sort of don't like buzzsaws, and that's laser beak. Um, well, I don't even like his head sculpt. Like, it doesn't look like a feline head. It looks like a dragon head. Oh, are you looking at the CAD model? Because I noticed something weird in there. What? So that CAD model has like a dragon head, yeah. but if you look at, I'll send you a direct link, this picture of the physical oh, okay. toy. No, I see it. Yeah, yeah like, that does look more like Ravage. Yeah, I think that the same thing happened that happened with uh, Rumble back at Toy Fair, where they forgot to switch the head sculpts on the CAD model. Uh-huh. Um, cause yeah, well, I still think Ravage looks awful. Yeah, I mean... I think it, the birds look awful. <laughs> he, he doesn't look great. I think his jet mode looks fun compared to the, the yeah, birds' the like forklift fine. mode. It's a weird box, but it's less awful. <laughs> I like I like the way Rumble looks. Uh, the bottom link in in that quote block. Uh, there's yeah shots of Rumble and Laserbeak. Laserbeak is that friggin' mold again. But I, Rumble, Rumble, and you know by extension, Rewind look like they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, they're they are better. Um, but I'm just not impressed with any of the cassettes. I'll most likely skip them all mm-hmm. unless one of them comes with. A blaster slash sound wave. Yeah, I I was assuming that Laserbeak was going to come with Soundwave, but they never actually said either of them were coming with a, a cassette robot. Like, they're coming with a, yeah. a weapon it that seems goes in unlikely. there. unlikely. Yeah. It's a bummer. I always like the pack-in partner on that, on that kind of deal. Well, they had pack-in partners the Headmasters. Ah, you're right. Um... The only real bummer here, which is worth addressing, like, it's not a problem for me right now. Like, maybe in a while, it'll be something that bums me out. Right now, I'm fine with it. But 
when you see stuff like Galvatron, you know, especially in this case, Astrotrain, you know, we're finally getting another Astrotrain, like one who looks more like the cartoon model this time. Uh, I keep having to remember, like, oh, right, but he's also a headmaster. And, like, that doesn't bother me that much, but that certainly is going to make this, like, I think that's going to become the long, unending conversation about Titan's return as far as, like, fans talking to each other. Like, with Combiner oh. Wars, that conversation was everyone's a repaint. For Titan's return, it's going to be, oh, it's cool to do this character, but it's a headmaster. And I think that's going to have some people checking out no matter what happens. Yeah, I can see someone who just wants, like, an Astro Train or a Galvatron that's just that. Mm. And not a headmaster, but it's not bothering me. Like, I think it would bother me more if they did some deal where there wasn't anywhere for the head robot to go in vehicle modes, but they seem to be doing a really good job of making sure there's a cockpit or something yeah. for them. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. I'm not such a G1 purist that I can't deal with someone being made a headmaster that wasn't in the past. Mm. Even though it would be nice if all the past headmaster characters got first shot at existing before they started adding non-headmasters into the ranks. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... it's Or non-traditional headmasters. Maybe that's a better phrasing. It's looking like at least the, the major original seven I keep talking about are, you know, we're, we're what, like one or two away from physical confirmation of all of them yeah. happening. And I'm like, hey, if that's happening, I, then I don't care. Do Astrotrain, do Galvatron. Like, it, it, you're satisfying my base headmaster need. And, so, and clearly, like, John Warden apparently is, is huge on 87 Transformers. So it's like, okay, clearly, so, at least someone working on this is, like, they have the same agenda I would have. So, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be satisfied with, with what I want. Everything else is kind of a bonus sprinkled on top. Um, and I, I'm curious to see also, especially with, with toys like Galvatron, like toys who have flip-out helmets where, like, the helmet folds away to store inside the, the robot mode, or the, you know, the vehicle mode, if down the road a potential, like, third-party upgrade fad might be, all right, we're going to take these Titans Return figures and design a head that isn't a headmaster that still works with the transformation. Like, that's obviously going to depend wildly from figure to figure on whether or not the next dump space is even available for such a thing. But yeah. where it is possible, and I think that might be the most possible on guys with fold-away helmets, like, that would be a neat third-party fad to see for it's like, hey, if you are tired of the headmaster part, here's, like, a thing you install that makes it not a headmaster anymore. Yeah, and if you just leave the head on Galvatron, I would argue that he's probably a better Classics Galvatron than Classics Galvatron was. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, unless there's something critically wrong with that toy, none of us know about because we haven't handled it. Like he's, he looks like a better Galvatron, like kind of full stop. <laughs> I think the only thing that that the dumb little tank Galvatron really has going for him is he's more directly in scale with an existing Cyclonus and Scourge, whereas this one would be a bit taller. But like that's it, and I yeah, but, I can deal uh... with it. Like I wouldn't be mad about that. I'm just like, all right, Devil's Advocate. <laughs> wouldn't you kind of expect or not be shocked at a taller Galvatron? I wouldn't be, no. I just I like it when they all kind of stand shoulder to shoulder. It makes them feel like more of a trio to me. Yeah. But that's like that's the kind of thing where I can say, you know, if I really want that, it within the next year and a half there are going to be multiple th third party masterpiece alikes of all three. 
and then I can just pick and choose the ones I want, and I'll have those three guys standing shoulder to shoulder if I want to pony up, like, the 600 bucks. So, like, that that's the weird part about the whole conversation of whether or not they're doing a guy right right now is you can always footnote if you don't like it you can always pay someone a huge amount of money and they'll probably just make you one that's closer (laughs) to what you want all you have to do is have zero financial responsibilities yeah it's like it's not the answer anyone wants to hear but like you know like when combiner wars devastator came out and some folks were like oh i don't like where they cut corners here and there and it's like well, yeah, they were trying to stuff them into a $150 price point. If you want to spend more than that, I have great news for you. There's like four $600 Devastator options if you want to go that route. Well, there's three of them. The other two are smaller. But, uh, yeah, I, other than that, I think that's about all the reveals we had. The Titans Return commercial uh, I thought was shot really well. Uh, I like that they shot it on black because that's my shooting style. Um Maybe I just liked it because it looks like a video I would have shot if I were hired by Hasbro to shoot videos of their toys. Um, so I have biases. Uh, there wasn't a whole ton like revealed in that video except for just more turnaround shots of those toys. So I, I watched it once and I felt like, all right, that's cool. Like I didn't really frame by frame through it. So I'm not sure if there's anything fresh in there I'm missing. Yeah, like I, I appreciated the message of the commercial like to kind of explain what these things are to people who you know are too young or not hardcore invested in the transformers to know what headmasters were yeah and showing them as like well it's not just the head but it's also the driver it's also dudes to man your battle station um so i I think it was decent messaging without really kind of beating you over the head with it like a narrator showing kids play with it being like hey little jimmy yeah uh, this is what you do with your head man it was it was like a, a nice and stylish way to accomplish a toy commercial without it getting corny it's yeah. like yeah we're, we're gonna just have some nice photography we're gonna have a whole lot of these glass turntables and we're gonna get someone who knows how to light toys without you know having to light the background which i think is impressive like it's a hard thing to do i'm not that great at it that's why i got a backdrop but I, I love the look of it. It has this like very premium velour to the visual. Um, anyway, that's I think all the fresh Titans return talk until the toys start coming out in, I guess, the summer. Um, I would assume that's when we'll start seeing them in hand. Unless, you know, someone just bought Victorion off eBay. So <laughs> who knows? Maybe like some will just start pop, like leaking out here and there. Um and uh, by the way, I'll just mention that Victorion in hand uh, report, uh, the fellow shot an unboxing video where he basically immediately just pulled out the new hand and foot parts for the combined mode and showed how they work. And I appreciated that. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, listen, to the point, here's what everyone wants to know. And uh, they look like really cool parts. So I'm still looking forward to Victorion. Uh, bummed out about the desaturated green, but. Yeah, I was showing my girlfriend the pictures, those in hand pictures this morning. Because. Mm-hmm. I've I was really hyped for Victorion initially and I've been kind of cooling off on the whole thing. And I was like, well, I'm going to show her the pictures because usually when I go these are lady robots, she's interested. And I start clicking through the pictures and she's like, uh, what are those colors? Like what what's going on? That head doesn't look cool." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." 
Yeah, like yeah, I, maybe maybe I'm passing on Victorian after all. I still I still really like a lot of the sculpting. I think I, I still really dig the concept. I, I dig the final result. I just think the colors are its weakest part because they're just boring now. Like they there used to be this like nuclear green that was like all right that's like the that's the pop on this thing, and it got toned down. And I'm like this is like hardly representative of the three color blocks everyone voted on. It's it's a bummer. Yeah, it's like a weird faded mint. Um, yeah, it's a little disappointing. Yeah, um, like I'm. I don't blame people for getting turned off the thing, but like, despite all that, when I just sit there and look at the set and think about like, do I want to pick it up? I just keep getting excited. I'm like, yeah, I, I still really like it. I'm still, still yeah, looking and, forward to it. And I'm not trying to argue against its, its existence. It's yeah. just I'm starting to get the feeling that for me personally, what it is and how much it costs aren't like gelling enough to... To make it seem worth my while, sort of a thing. And if you, if you want to go find folks arguing against its very existence, like I can guarantee you, there are tons of them. If you want to go and, and and seek them out, you know, hit up Facebook. There are there are a whole lot of people who have a a whole lot they want to tell you about Victorian. <laughs> um, but yeah, that set existing now. That's making me hope that we're going to see Victorian on shelves very soon. Because I just I friggin' want those Combiner Wars gift sets to start releasing. Like I'm all excited to I'm getting G2 Superion opening a gift set of Combiner Wars. I was like, man, like I was I, I finished all six waves. I really liked them. I felt done. And the gift sets feel like the refresher of that pattern that I was I was looking for. Uh, I feel all re-excited. But I also really like combiners. So it's 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 very handcrafted candy for my sensibilities. Um but anyway, all that said, I guess speaking of, of of that stuff at some point here, we've got new picture picks, which we haven't done for a while. Um, yeah. Uh, Seth. <laughs> I don't know what that little buzzing noise I made was supposed to represent. but <laughs> I, Whatever it was, yes. And. It just felt right. <laughs> uh, Seth, do you have a new picture pick you'd like to talk about? Yeah, there's this flyer that the uh, club put out to promote. Um, exclusives and whatnot coming. Oh, when you said and, this flyer, I thought you meant that souvenir toy, and I was like, "That's a weird way to put it." But sure, <laughs> uh, no, I know what you're talking about. I, I said to go and find it. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Here it is. So the like the focal point is this uh, ramjet. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's going on with his head. That's I'm not into it. <laughs> that's uh, that's. That that it's based on a weird Armada toy, is what it's based on. Well, I know the Armada toy, like the the uh, um, Skywarp, yeah, Armada that had the weird fin on top of his head, the weird rubbery fin, and some other details that the Starscream and Thundercracker didn't have. But like the the black face with like the glowing mouth and eyes, like he's lit from an internal flame, like. Some kind of red, white, and blue. The fallen. Oh yeah, that's well. Yeah, this this ramjet version was from that really short universe line, and I'm I actually can't remember his storyline, but I'm assuming part of that head design is meant to represent him being one of the Unicron Decepticons from Universe One. Is my yeah. ass, that would be my assumption anyway? Um, I'm just not into it. Like. Doing that Skywarp, which apparently they're also doing. Like, that makes sense. You're a big Armada fan. You want 
all three of the original Seekers. And then if you're a big Armada fan, you're probably going to want Skywarp like he was. Yeah. Even though I thought it, even back then, I thought it was goofy. I'm like, why did they do this? Why did they make him so different? I don't get it. Uh, but the the Ramjet, I just, I'm not digging it. I never felt much for Universe Ramjet in the first place. It's just, I, I understand why it exists, because they're doing the Skywarp. And it's like, okay, you've made one, and that was repainted once. So, obviously, you would do a Universe Ramjet. I, I think it's a bit of a bummer that Ramjet's the incentive figure, although that's the smart business thing to do. Because everyone wants Skywarp, and probably the crazy people want Ramjet. But everyone's going to get Ramjet. Speaking as one of the crazy people. I just want the only human figures. Oh, yeah. I okay. RC and Rodimus Prime. The only reason why I see them and kind of get bummed out, aside from the obvious G.I. Joe connotation, is it's starting to seem like they'll probably be the only two that happen. And it's going to yeah. be one of those perpetually unfinished sets. And, like, I don't know. That always makes me bummed out when I know that a set's going to be, like, a quote-unquote set is going to probably go unfinished. Yeah, and there's never going to be an Ultra Magnus and Springer. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like I'm mad or think, you know, that that could change. Like, clearly, the that's just how it's going to be. Um, and it's neat that those things, you know, those two are happening. Uh, they they look pretty cool. Like it, it, it's they're saying RC is going to have a new head sculpt. And I guess it's the only thing that the Joe Club people are getting. Well, no, they're also getting that one fan voted figure. Uh, okay. And there, there's also like whatever the exclusive set for JoeCon is. It's a bunch of people with jetpacks. I don't I don't know who any of them are. I haven't seen the set, so I couldn't tell you. It's, it's a whole bunch of people with jetpacks. Like that seems to be the theme is jetpacks. I I still regret <laughs> not getting the October Guard set, and it's so expensive now. <laughs> it's not worth it. But uh. <laughs> and then so I guess you guys talked about last time how this seems to be the end of the road for fun pub yeah we uh, we mentioned it, it we we found out i think or at least we we we've found the email that most confirms anything of anything that's been said so far where uh it's implied that they are you know, brian is thanking everyone for 12 years of support and wishing hasbro the best with future endeavors and that's all the kind of language that would imply along with all club memberships ending on december 31st that this is the final year for fun publications uh transformers and gi joe stuff Thank you for 12 years of support and about six years of Aaron trashing us on that damn podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling more like it's thank you for like six years of support than, you know, maybe three years of tacit uh, <laughs> passive aggressive statement. And then about three years of just straight up, you know, dumpster firing. <laughs> I hope you all are happy. Um, you finally got what you've been demanding. You bastard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I don't remember if I said this on Twitter or not, or if I said it somewhere on a private board, but like, I'm not at the end of the day, like I, even though I, I'm excited about the prospect of a changing of the guard and like kind of getting rid of some of the baggage left over, like, I'm still not all that. I'm not like happy. Like, I, I don't I didn't want BotCon to end uh, as a thing. Uh, and if this maybe is the final BotCon, like I'm not cheering about it like that's kind of a bummer that like especially for the fact that the final two bot cons will be the ones i skipped 
and have no good memories of because I wasn't there. Like, it's not like there's nothing good about it. It's just like this is a thing we're going to go through. And then I hope next year or the year after whenever stuff starts again, like is a positive thing that I feel good about. Yeah, kind of looking around to see what people are saying about it and making sure that it was a legit story and not something that got debunked a couple days later. Yeah. Um, Like, I found a lot of speculation. Some people seem to think there won't be a Transformer-themed convention in the future or that it's going to be something completely different and not be the sort of convention that we come to expect. But then you were telling me that like some Hasbro people have kind of indicated that they love conventions. Well, yeah, the like Hasbro folks who are on the design level at least. So, you know, they're not decision makers, but they've indicated that they love the idea of a yearly official convention. They have fun at the official convention. They want to connect with fans. They don't want to lose that. That doesn't mean it's protected, but it means that there are presences within the brand that would support it and probably uh, go to bat for the concept of it if it, you know, comes up of Hasbro saying, hey, what if we just ditch Bacon altogether or an official convention altogether? Like, there will be people in the brand who would probably, you know, write a, an email explaining why they would like to keep it around. That's And the thing is, that's all. Like, that's all that anyone knows. <laughs> yeah, and I can't really imagine, like, TFCon or one of the other smaller independent uh, conventions really kind of taking the place and having an official Hasbro um, appearance of any kind because Hasbro seems like over the last few years to have developed a real sort of insulated, the legal department says no vibe to stuff. Like going back to like when uh, Aaron Archer got yanked off of TFW, mm-hmm. um, like if it's not official, they're not involved sort of a thing. Yeah. They... Unless it's something gigantic like Comic-Con and they, who knows, maybe they think Comic-Con's, enough like between comic-con and uh toy fair and and new york comic-con they always do yeah. a thing the day before so maybe they think like these bigger more multimedia conventions are are uh, more worth their time but if something like botcon is profitable and makes money it's kind of hard to imagine a big corporation turning their back on something that makes money oh yeah and and i i'd, I'd want to say like I think that as far as letting the design team speak with fans in a recorded fashion, like they've gotten a lot better at it. Like it's that used to be just off the table. And then as of about four years ago or so, it became a lot more possible to actually sit down and record with people from the Hasbro team. Like they, you know, uh, if it was filming in the middle of the show floor, there'd be a PR person there or, you know, they would be talking to brand heads who have the training to not say what they're not supposed to say. But, Starting from the point of when we were, what was it, like, asking if we could get someone from the team on our podcast back in, what was it, like, 2010 or something like that, 2011? Yeah. And it was like, it's not possible. Like, that that part has changed, at least as far as if you're at the same show they're at. They're a lot more open to letting the design team talk to fans, but um, that's when you're at the same show they're at as well. Right. And now watch there be, like, some crazy swerve where like Hasbro is going to be like 
They're going to put out their official statement on the situation. They're going to be like, yeah, you know, we had a good run with uh, our friends at Fun Publications, but uh, we've we've signed a new deal with a new partner company. Now introducing the head of our new uh, fan club running, convention running company, Brian Savage of Savage Publications, and it's just the same thing. <laughs> There's a part of me when this first was starting to go around and become more concrete where I was like, when people were going like, oh, it looks like they're going to lose it. And I was like, how do you not know that it's going to still just be the same folks with a different company structure? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of very reactive talk right now that I've, I think is just going to lead to flared emotions and probably disappointment on one or two sides of the coin. So yeah, and I wouldn't be totally surprised if like something like that happened and the situation was Hasbro saying like look, GI Joe is just on the shelf for the time being. Maybe it's going to come back in the future, maybe it's not, but it's just kind of done right now. So there's n- nothing for you guys to do GI Joe related. So they could dissolve fun publications, restructure kind of trim down because they don't have to cover the gi joe aspect and sort of relaunch under a new name and a more transformer focused organization but also they could just be done with this sort of thing yeah like brian savage isn't a young fella too like it's you know worth noting (laughs) like he's been doing the joe con stuff since what like 1994 or 95 like he might himself also just be done with it. I don't know. Yeah, like, ready to retire. Yeah. like Sort of a thing. My, what I'm really hoping is that, because BotCon's next month, and I'm sure this is going to friggin' come up at BotCon next month. This Sinclair is- Publications. <laughs> Pete takes over everything. Yeah. That's not been the tone I've been seeing in some of the people talking to each other publicly, but, you know, I don't go looking. I just hear about it. Uh... But hey, who knows? Maybe that'll happen. Either way, like they're going to have an organizers roundtable, and like I can't imagine nobody asking about this at the organizers roundtable. <laughs> going to be so-, <laughs> so. I people are going to show up for the organizers roundtable, and no one's going to come out because they're not the organizers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a really, a really weird, but maybe you know, totally proper way to continue the strange. Like we can't say anything without, but we could say this tone like of all this five five minutes after it was a, after it was supposed to start like the the audio guy just comes out and starts unplugging microphones and taking down <laughs> banners starts ushering people out yeah it's just well no they don't usher people out they let you watch the whole thing but it's like this symbolic like performance art of <laughs> botcon being dismantled in front of your eyes yeah, Wally, Wally, a guy wearing a rubber mask uh, and dressed in a business suit that has Hasbro written on the lapel just maniacally laughs. As he sledgehammers the the, the speaker's table or something well, like that. Well, his workers carry like a like a fun pub logo by kicks them or trips them as they walk by or something. <laughs> this is and, the uh, most ridiculously passive-aggressive thing ever. <laughs> But no, I mean, it's so like I, the, the weirdest bridge burning you've ever seen. <laughs> I I expect that every like clearly every everyone who is high up in that chain of conversation is is both aware and trying to figure out and, and controlling the message. 
And so there's no way that, you know, all these folks are going to BotCon without that in mind. And hopefully a statement will be made that is definitive uh, about about that. And hopefully something tentative will be said about what might be coming in 2017. Um, yeah, I expect no matter what anybody's true feelings are, the whole way it's going to be just all like, oh, we really appreciate the opportunities Hasbro gave oh, us. Oh, absolutely. Well, like, we, because you don't want to burn those bridges in business. Like, yeah. Because who knows, you might get a job or be affiliated in some other capacity down the line. And then Hasbro is going to be like, oh, yeah, they did a great job, even if behind closed doors they're like, we got to get these idiots out of here. Well, there, there are a lot of people that, who are going like, you know uh, – there were people. I, I saw, you know, a conversation along the tone of, "How are we going to know if this was just business or if this was as a result of various complaints that have built up over the last few years?" And I was kind of thinking to myself, "I mean, be realistic. They're not going to tell you if it was about complaints built up over the last few years. That's not good business. You know, you don't you don't cut ties over something like like you know, let's say it was someone talking about Chinese factory workers with a real borderline Chinese accent going on." They're not going to say that's the reason why, if that's the reason why. Like, that's that's not how it's done. <laughs> yeah. Like, the only way we're going to find out is if, like, a few years from now, someone decides they got nothing to lose. Yeah. And, like, does a tell-all post somewhere. It's like, hey, I was in the middle of this. This is what really went down. It was ugly. I was the man or, who actually double corrugated the cardboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I was in the middle of this. This is how it really went down. Uh, Brian Savage was just ready to retire. And Hasbro felt like they were going to move in a different direction. It was all very cordial and above board. Like, yeah. we're just pulling thoughts out of the air at this point like to, to me it, it just doesn't seem unreasonable that with because brian has always run fun publications as he is the guy who approves every decision and i feel like that attitude towards running things if he's ready to retire from doing that then it it would be maybe we should just shutter this and you know gi joe is done uh hasbro probably is like ready to try something new with transformers official experiences so yeah it might have just been stuff lining up like i just i i don't know how old brian is he just looks to me like someone who is at a point where he might be able to retire maybe he's in his mid-30s and i'm just horribly cruel i'm not sure <laughs> but yeah i mean the last time i saw him in person i mean he didn't seem like someone who was suffering in their aged years or anything no absolutely not he was a spry fella but you know maybe he's got enough money and invested wisely and could retire at a at a young age and enjoy himself yeah uh which you know that would be wonderful i don't expect that in my life i expect i'm gonna be working up to the day i drop dead but uh (laughs) Uh, if he could do it, then good for him if that's what's happening. Um, but if there is like a botcon or a botcon like convention a, a year from now or whatever with new organizers, like my personal hope would be that they sort of scale back on exclusives. Absolutely. And maybe kind of tone down the, the, the show itself, like, get rid of things like golden tickets and some of the other more pricey um, 
extras that that botcon just built up over the years and kind of start fresh in a more uh um not really limited but like kind of lower expectation a little bit and uh and bring prices down make it like a it just in general more affordable um situation yeah for I, folks i would love to see the exclusive count capped at like four or three even like it's not like i don't like lots of exclusives i just think that that's how it's been for a decade so like let's just scale it back let's try out unless there's some you know business reason that it's just completely off my table or out of my radar but like i would love to see like the new convention be like all right we have like three exclusive pieces here's what they are there's a fourth one if you're at the show sure we'll carry that over um, or a fourth one that's the customizing one. Well, something carried over to make like an at show super exclusive. I don't know, but like just not have like three souvenirs that are two figures each, and a set of five figures, and a souvenir, and a customizing figure. You know, make make it less unwieldy and and a little more focused, laser focused. And yeah, ideally through that, make it a more affordable or more potentially affordable experience. That is not like if you want to have the true experience, get ready to drop a thousand. Cause that's how it's been for a while and yeah it's not like and you know, climbing yeah and it's you know i i always kind of enjoyed that part of it when i was there but it's it's got it, the whole um landscape i think of what collectors want to spend their money on has changed somewhat official product has catered to collectors more um whether or not it's going to be acknowledged unofficial product has also catered to collectors more and like the pool of money that uh, you know, from the, the late aughts through the early 2010s, you know, that pool of money that you could draw from out of collectors, a lot of that pool of money went somewhere else for a lot of people. And yeah. so, you know, fo- focused set, I would I would be into something like just like their San Diego uh, Comic-Con exclusives, just something like that. But for the official show, and it's all hypothetical. Like, I still believe there's a chance we will not have a show next year, but instead have one in 2018. Um, yeah. like, you know, like Wally and new group gets up and running sort of thing or, yeah, like I wouldn't want, like, I, it's, I would want a show next year, but I wouldn't want a show that comes off as, you know, incredibly rushed, you know, like it's our first time and we have like six months to put this together unless there's a good chance that a team's already, or a, a group who's going to run things, they might already exist and might already be working on something, but yeah, they might be side by side with fun pub as we speak. Yeah. So they, they have a continuity to to move through um but uh, what was that other thought that i had now <laughs> i forgot <laughs> um yeah i don't remember now anyway moving on yeah moving on uh there's another subscription service down there on the bottom but i don't remember if we talked about that no we never oh, talked about re- that Okay, well, I remember what I was going to say now. Yeah. Uh, so I before I forget again. So I wonder at what point this became something that was happening. Like, how long did FunPub know that this was going to be the end? If if they knew before, like, finalizing all the exclusives for this year's BotCon, then no matter how much I don't like Shattered Glass, like, if they had enough warning, if they just went all out just sat shattered glass avalanche like everything we're doing for this final year isn't wall to wall shattered glass because that's our thing then i would have 
at first I would have been like, this is garbage. And then when they said, oh, yeah, and then and now we're done. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, go out. Go out under your own terms. Go out as you <laughs> lived. <laughs> yeah, go out singing my way while you throw shattered glass toys at people. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's looking like the way that they're going to swan song is with whatever the fifth subscription service is. Uh, which will be like you know seven figures. Yeah, sh- sh- well, two of them aren't because are, they revealed two of them and they aren't shattered yeah. glass. And then they, I think they they confirmed somewhere on on a forum that just because the other four all have the exact same silhouette doesn't mean they're all actually just going to be Combiner War Streetwise. That would be awesome if it was. <laughs> yeah, just like they were designed, like they were planning it all out and they had all these other ideas and that's when Hasbro sort of pulled the plug on them. Yeah. They were just like, screw it. Troop the builder. last four figures are the same thing. Who cares? Just Who four, cares anymore? It's just four what are they going to do? Fire us? Yeah. <laughs> just four auto troopers with like slightly differently colored light bars. Honestly, I'd be okay with that, but <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see whatever that is. Like I, all I hope or it's is not it's not a troop builder thing at all. It's just it's literally just the same character four times. And it's <laughs> just like, who cares? We're done. Yeah, we have to just get a whatever. run of this done. Whatever. <laughs> the uh, the only thing I hope is that they finally drop their approach to reveal. Like they already have revealed the they they've done something they've never done before they revealed what the at shows souvenir attendance figure is for this year which is like that terror sore and they've never done yeah. that and i'm hoping that means like they're gonna finally drop what i consider to be a really weak pr scheme of incredibly long drawn out reveals and just show what this the new subscription service five is going to be when they're at BotCon. just go here here's what it is now you know because like they don't have time anymore <laughs> they have until the end of the year yeah, so, just throw it all out there. Just be like, whatever, we're done. Yeah, here, this see, is what it is. See on the flip side. Yeah. Um. So we'll, you know, next month will be interesting. Um. Hopefully, if it's not interesting, that's gonna suck because then it's gonna be like, well, when's anyone gonna say anything? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, is there anybody left? My own new picture pick is a lot less discussable. It's 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 more low key and simple. Um, I'm a simpler person than Seth. Is it about the the 2016 presidential election? Uh, That's a simple topic. A nice, a nice simple bipartisan topic. <laughs> yes. We... <laughs> no, I'm talking about accessories for toys. The most complicated of topics. Um, I wanted to highlight these. Uh, Vengsta of Renderform, that being the only person who works at Renderform, is doing another run of his Combiner Wars Stunticon parts, but in G2 colors. And he's been working a whole lot, having watched his Facebook, on trying to color match all this stuff to the very specifically weird colors of G2 Menasaur. Uh, so he's got, like, a set of guns for the limbs. He's got a gun for me- for Motormaster slash Menasaur, and he's doing it in, like, three different colors because he polled for what color people would want and got a pile of answers. So he's doing it in a purple that matches Motormaster, a turquoise <laughs> that matches the hand-foot guns, or a bright green that matches the original G2 Menasaur prototype. So you can, like, pick whatever you want. And then he uh, he did two different heads for Combiner Wars Menasaur, so he's redoing those in purple. Uh, one of them's a more samurai-looking head. The other one's more of a G1 cartoon-looking head. They both come in two phases. Uh, this is all going to be like kind of limited run because it's all he all, all his stuff is hand cast resin, and so he's keeping the numbers low so he can just ship it out right away. I think he's cutting off his pre-orders on the 31st if they don't sell out before then. Uh, I just really like the way this stuff looks. I missed all this stuff on the original Stunticons, like the the heads sold out long before um, I ever 
got my interest up in them. But uh, I'm looking at this and just hoping that uh, budget stuff comes together the right way before the 31st, because I would love to to kit out a G2 Menasaur, and I think these parts look cool. Um, I also just like the audaciousness of all these different color schemes on the gun, just to so that no one can complain that the color they wanted didn't happen. Um, they could just complain that the color they wanted sold out. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I saw G2 Menasaur at a Toys R Us yesterday. I, I'd like to get it on sale, so I didn't buy it then, because it's 150 Canadian, and I was able to get Superion cheaper, so I'm a I'm a get Menasaur cheaper too. But I, I think these these all look these all look pretty neat. I just got one of Vengsta's sets for turning uh, the White Combiner Optimus into Thunderclash, and uh, I've I've gotten a bunch of his weapons over the years. Like I just I, I like his style of doing stuff. It's a lot more low key and like it's all hand cast resin stuff, so it's kind of pricey because in what I would say is you're paying somewhat for his time as well as his design work. Um, but uh, hand cast resin, it's, it's original garage kit stuff. It's, it's a bit more rare nowadays and, and he does good work. Um, Seth, I forgot if you were at all interested in G2 Metasaur cause I know you're a Stunticon man. I am, but, uh, I wasn't planning on getting the G2 Metasaur. And if I did, and I did feel compelled to get one of these weapon sets from Bangsta, I would totally get the set that was accurate to the original toys. So you want the green gun? Yeah. The proto green like, gun? Keep it original. That's right. Like if we're going to do this dumb thing and make a G2 colored <laughs> Minasaur, then we got to gotta keep it original. I don't really know why you want a purple gun to match. I don't know why you want these things. I don't know why anybody would want the not original colors. What are you? Thanks to the shit just done. I'm doing the original colors. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Yeah, I'm an artist. I'm Vangsta. Suck I'm it. Vangsta. <laughs> um, there's also something cool that came up is uh, somebody had asked because somebody wanted to try to 3D print weapons of a similar size and uh, was saying, hey, if anyone gets these, can you give me the dimensions uh, of the guns? So what Vangsta did in response was he just put them all up on Shapeways so that you can get a print of them right now if you want. <laughs> and he's like, here. Just cut that dude out. Just be like, nah. No, son, I'm just gonna give it away. Well, he he put it up on Shapeways, and he's and he set it so that he makes he takes no profit from it. It's just the co- it's made at cost on Shapeways. Yeah, but now nobody else can either. Surprisingly so expensive. That's cool. to, just throw it out. Well, it's 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 actually surprisingly expensive on Shapeways at cost. It's a buck or two more than getting the resin ones, I think. Because huh. Shapeway, well, this is I've talked to a lot of people who make stuff on Shapeways. They their costs went up astronomically a couple years ago if i recall correctly and like it's not cheap to print stuff off shapeways that has any level of detail is there a reason why prices went up they they changed something happen or did they just get greedy as i understand it they they changed the way that they're they print things so that like they changed the cocoon dimension or something i that's what i think happened but now i'm not sure if i made that up but something changed. The cocoon dimension sounds like somewhere you don't want to go. I don't want to go to the cocoon dimension. It's all <laughs> sticky out there. Uh, so something changed where like people who were selling things on Shapeways had to very carefully organize their parts, um, like how the CAD model parts were connected together, um, or like prices would would skyrocket. I think if like parts weren't connected properly and would potentially come out separate in a print. It was it was rough for a lot of people. Uh, my buddy uh, who does Wulong toys, like a lot of his kits, tripled in price when they implemented those things, and he was like stuck. He's like, I don't like. It took him ages to rework his CAD models to fit 
the the new requirements to not be ridiculously expensive um i don't know if that actually ended up going well for him or not i haven't followed up because i'm a terrible friend um but yeah i wanted to i can attest to that that's right Holy moly jeepers creepers <laughs> who disappears for months at a time this guy well not months weeks at a time i haven't done months yet working on it uh i wanted to talk uh, about this you're stuff contractually cause... mandated to talk to me twice a month so <laughs> that's right the tfw <laughs> contract we signed <laughs> back in Volcano 8 what a mistake <laughs> I thought it was going to be fun just a lark oh we'll make 50 episodes it'll be cool now we're on 399 um anyway that's my new picture pick uh some cool render form stuff Seth we got a listener question that I pulled okay as in like I love Melunus but he, he like he put in another question, and the other two questions are, like, perfect for the even team. And I was like, he already f- seemed to feel weird about us doing two of his questions in a row. So, you know, we had another question come in, but we've... Malunas has another really good question uh, that I want to cover a couple weeks from now to give it some breathing room. Uh, this one comes from Starscream0625, who submitted his question two days ago. So, congratulations, you won the lottery. Uh... He says, hi, Vangelis, and whomever else this may concern. That being you, Seth. Uh, Number one, if Hasbro Takara were to reissue any figure from any line, what figure would it be and why? Uh, And now, is this what do we think that they would do or what we would hope they would do? I'm going to say let's do hope, because if we're going to do the other one, then the answer is Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Megatron, and Starscream and Soundwave. There you go. And then it's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's a couple um, uh, G1 cars that didn't get out, um, like in the book box days and stuff, because like mm. I guess those molds are just dust. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if it, if it was a situation where we could just make it happen and or they find hidden away like a a mold that's still usable then uh i would want those guys like what like ratchet like ratchet never happened ratchet got a um, ratchet and ironhide got encore reissues so the the toolings would exist for those guys oh, i think okay right i don't know if we're oh. counting encore for just going book style but well no i, I just use that as an example no i get did i never get that ratchet then Pro, that that ratchet is also super those two like i think those are like 30 bucks each still right now like no one bought them well that's not much i should go look for that ratchet i don't think i ever got that ratchet i, I think i even <laughs> oh no no wait not ratchet yeah no i got the ratchet and Ironhide. i was thinking of uh i got the names mixed up oh. i was thinking of um um the other guy wheeljack wheeljack is who i was thinking yeah of. I, I was gonna say <laughs> if i if i recall correctly wheeljack and sunstreaker are specifically two of the cars whose molds don't exist anymore right um, so if i could get anything um regardless of actual viability i want those guys so here's what i want to see because sunstreaker was the original of all those toys like that was the first diaclone toy to get made from what i understand yes um and they've done it now for Soundwave at least, and maybe even another G1 toy at this point, where they they took apart an old figure to make new molds, even though that is more expensive than making just a brand new set of tooling for a brand new figure. 
Um, I wonder if in a couple of years it would be feasible and their shareholders would go for it to crowdfund uh, remaking the steel toolings for G1 Sunstreaker. So like, you know, getting an old Sunstreaker, disassembling it, making the molds like it would be an expensive process. I wonder if they would be willing to try to crowdfund a chunk of that process uh, hmm. to to gauge if there is interest and to pay for part of the process that goes outside of the cost that they would be comfortable spending. Um I, I just wonder, you know, in a couple of years, if crowdfunding loses that kind of halo of uncertainty that it has right now and becomes more of an accepted normal thing, um, it, if, you know, when, when it gets to the point where bigger companies are willing to dabble in it, um, that that maybe that would be a possibility. Um, and I mean, you know, of course, if you want to start talking video games, like the, the whole Shenmue thing was a Kickstarter that was more not not made by, but it was. It was advertised and approved by a very large company. Um, that's of course. Yeah, but it sounds like the way the money around that Shenmue thing is working, like how much of the actual budget was kickstarted. It it all sounds weird. Well, Kickstarter is uh, how did how did I put this? As I understand it, one of the things that Kickstarter can be used for is not so much raising a critical amount of money, but using it to get cheap and free uh, demographic study. Right. So it's like, well, we can already make this, but we'll kickstart like 10% of the budget. And through that, we'll see how many people are interested right now. Um, so I wonder if just, you know, in a couple of years when that kind of thing is, has less of a, um, I can't remember the word I'm thinking of now, but people look at it less weird. Um, if that would be possible for the original Sunstreaker. Uh, since that mold has so much personal history, um, even outside of the Transformers brand. That's what I would hope for. Um, the other question we've got here is, do you think there's a market for reissues other than G1, such as Beast Machines or Energon? Thanks, and keep up the podcasting. So what do you think, Seth? Outside of G1, once we, you know, we're in the realm now where non-G1 toys are over a decade old. Hmm. I I don't know. My gut says no. At least not right now. Um I I think there's something about a G1 reissue where it's so much older and so much different than what's available now, like with the diecast parts and whatnot, mm-hmm. that something from like Energon or Machine Wars or Beast Wars where it's kind of not that much different. Like, you know, engineering's come a, a ways, but, like, they're still ball and socket joints. Yeah. Um, maybe not as much as in as in some of those, uh, like, machine war type of days where it seemed like everything was ball and socket joints. Um, I, I just don't know if they're different enough to warrant not just making a new version of that character. Yeah. I feel like those audiences, their version of nostalgia, you know, having grown because the audiences for those series would have grown up in a world where reissues of the old toys were already happening and masterpiece toys were starting to exist. They would have grown up through the rise of like masterpiece toys. I feel like that audience would be would be more interested in having their nostalgia answered by a brand new toy, like you're saying, like a remaking of one of those characters with new engineering. Um, there's two other points I'd want to bring up. Number one, it's not reissues, but some of those toys still just come out again now. 
Like uh, back when Beast Wars turned 10, they reissued a whole bunch of the Beast Wars toys um, with those, you know, pieces of transmutate or those DVDs if you were in Japan. Um, this year, uh, Air Attack Optimus Primal is coming out again. Last year in Platinum, G2 Optimus came out again. Like, they aren't reissues, but a lot of those molds seem to, like, they'll sometimes just pop up again. And I, like, that's kind of, that's that's a lot different than a lot of those G1 toys that they just happened the one time and a handful happened again in G2, and that was that. Like, there's, there's I think after G2 and, you know, after the Beast era, in a way, even during the Beast era, there's just a lot more fluidity between lines and, you know, technology changed a lot, a lot more molds were kept up a bit better. Um, and also, this is my other point, I think a lot of toys, you know, after G1, the numbers of them produced were astronomically higher. Like, they make a lot more toys now. And it's, it's there's not as much of a scarcity of, of yeah. pieces. Yeah, that was something I was thinking earlier when I, I saw this question in, in the... Uh, in the thread about uh it's not that hard to find some of those things in really good condition yeah like i got a whole bunch of armada stuff in great condition and i bet a lot of other people do and to the point of it's probably not that expensive if you wanted to hunt some of that stuff down where with g1 if you were coming back and looking for that stuff like I was in the 99 to the early 2000s, um, the only option was to get old figures that were in awful condition. Yeah. Peeling stickers and broken bits and missing parts until like those book box reissues started coming along. And then you got like brand spanking new, complete, not broken versions. Um, And then like I can see... Like, like I could potentially see like Beast War reissues being a thing, unless we go into like a new era of Beast toys, because if like if if Beast Wars came back, like let's say they finished this current uh, Transformer cartoon and they just want okay, we're gonna do a new version of Beast Wars. Well, then they just make new Beast War toys, mm-hmm. um, and you know they did a little bit of that like like in generations and whatnot um like that awful awful cheetor <laughs> um but like right now beast toys are are more different like the way a g1 toy is more different than a modern toy but yeah. like if i would be way more like okay so let's say they did armada reissues i have zero absolute zero interest in buying any of them because i already got them if they did a toy line coming up where they did new versions of Armada toys that did a lot of the same stuff, but were more detailed and had modern engineering, like a, a new version of Armada Cyclonus might be fun. Yeah, and that's, I think, going to be the purview of Generations if Generations continues past this Prime Wars trilogy. Like, that's always been its purview is like, no matter what Generations is doing, eventually it's like, hey, who can we slip in here from the weirder part of nostalgia? And it's like, you know, then we get our Beast Wars Rhinox or our Armada Hotshot. And, 
yeah, it's, especially with the Unicron trilogy, like those toys were produced in such ridiculous quantities. It's it's less about they're hard to find and more there's a handful of them that have always been hard to find. And yeah. like, is that a reason to reissue them? Probably not. Uh, whereas, as you were saying, like, I agree, actually, I didn't think of this, like Beast Wars, that was an entire line where everyone was animals that turned into robots. That's probably not going to happen again for a long time. And and on a technical level, and, and probably a less important to Hasbro, to Karatomi level, there are a whole lot of toys in that line that disintegrate. Um, like, you know, more than five of them have gold plastic uh, syndrome stuff going on, where a reissue of them would be welcome. Uh, kind of like how everyone wants a reissue of uh, Lyokaiser or Black Zerak to deal with the gold plastic stuff in those guys. Uh, like, I'd love a reissue of Torka that I knew wouldn't crumble if I messed with it the wrong way. Because Torque is the best. But, yeah, like, as far as Unicron Trilogy stuff, it, it, they just made so much of it. And also, a whole lot of collectors who, it turns out, didn't really want a whole lot of it, bought all of it. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's a glut of it right now. Maybe that'll change in another ten years, but... Yeah, you go to BotCon or TFCon or something, and there's probably at least one vendor with a bin that just says, like, two for five dollars, and you could find a lot of those figures in there. Yeah, like if you were a, a really young kid through the Armada uh, Energon Cybertron trilogy and you missed out on toys you really wanted, unless they are one of a very specific handful, you're going to have no problem, you know, finding all those things that you wish you had got when you were little. Because I have tons of friends who want to get rid of that stuff. Yeah, for I was instance. Gonna say. You might even be able to find somebody that will just give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> if you take all of them, you could just have it. Yeah. Like, and I'm not, and like, well, I'm going to. I really only want this one. Yeah, but you don't have to pay for them. So just take them. Yeah, here's them Have more. Have more. Here. Just here. here. <laughs> also, this other line. So, and then these awful other toy line that's not even Transformers. And why did I. But I don't know why I bought Why did I buy why these Transformers have... that turned into shoes with real laces? I don't know. Here, take these two. No one wants yeah. these anymore. Why do I have these. McFarlane Walking Dead figures they are awful. <laughs> they're just little statues. Get, you want those tails? Get them out of here. <laughs> also, this couch. I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. No yeah. one wants to hear it. Take this. <laughs> Got this old bread that's been in my freezer for a while. I can't be bothered. It's probably fine. <laughs> I can't be bothered to take it to the trash. The trash is all the way outside. You're in here. Here, take this. Throw it out if you want to. I don't care what you do with it. Just I'm get it out of here. Um... <laughs> So yeah, like if you, because I know there are, like, uh, we got a, a listener question the other week from uh, the fellow. He actually, uh, the Helixian, uh, popped up in the thread. He's the one who had asked about, you know, how you would rank uh, figures based on their articulation that we did, uh, I think, well, three weeks ago with, with Aaron and TJ. And we spent a while on that. He actually came in the thread and, and posted a, he, uh, Seth, I saw your reply to it. He posted a huge uh, explanation as to what he was doing, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> My smart ass reply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, it, it was it was really neat to read because like actually when he had sent the question the way he had explained that to me was a lot more succinct in a way that left me kind of confused and so seeing his full explanation I thought was really cool but he's uh, he he's an example of someone like he grew up as a kid his catalogs were the Cybertron catalogs uh, from the Unicron trilogy and so like there that is now a, a legitimate demographic within our own active enthusiast fan base. And um, I would say, like, if you're in that demographic, yo, you're fortunate because the things from your childhood, us older fans were dumb and bought all of them and have filled the aftermarket with them. So don't worry about it. Like, you don't need them to be reproduced or reissued. There's there's tons. 
We saved them for you. That's what that's what we did. Actually, we weren't dumb. We were we were saving them. We were archiving them for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, this is it's a cool question though. Like, I think it's as time goes on, it's really worth considering. Like, you know, the things that that we the G one fans in the two thousands were given. Like, does that need to happen again, or is are there better permutations of that given just how the line was for everyone who grew up in the two thousands? Yeah, and I wouldn't mind them doing more direct references to to some of those not-so-old lines. Because, mm. like, really, how many different versions of Bumblebee do I need? Like, how, like, I, I can't help but wonder if there's going to be a time where they're going to do a new version of a G1 figure that's G1-looking, and I'm going to be like, I got enough hounds. I mean... I have enough... I have enough iron hides. I'd, I think I can't remember if it was with you or with the other guys. I think we had a conversation similar to that back around Toy Fair of like, eventually, like, there's going to be a moment where a lot of fans have to figure out: Do I just want new versions of the old guys, or do I want fresh Transformers more than fresh takes on existing characters that I remember? And like, I think that really enters into that conversation of like, one day, like it's going to happen where some folks who otherwise wouldn't have said it, who don't want to check out are going to be like, look, I, I got like the 84, 85 cast. I love them, but could we maybe get a fresh Armada sideways? Uh, and I say that, I say that with, with, I should follow up. If Armada sideways doesn't happen during Titans return, then someone just friggin' screwed up. <laughs> so, you know, that better happen sooner than later. <laughs> uh, Anyway, thanks for your listener question, uh, Starscream0625. Seth, you want to talk about what we got this week? Sure. I didn't get anything. Aww. I didn't really get any. Oh, no. I got... What am I saying? Yeah, I did get something. I was thinking about last week. Um, I got uh, I got a review copy of Unite Warriors Devastator from uh, or through HLJ. Okay. So I'm able to do a side-by-side comparison, and uh, it's real interesting. Now, the big question everyone always would say is, what's better, or what should I get? Combiner Wars or Unite Warriors? I discovered through Twitter, and oh, I should track down who asked me that question. Um, I, someone asked me, like, is it worth it for Unite Warriors? And, like, you know, in short, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go Unite Warriors, Unite Warriors is, is, you're, you're paying extra, it's a more expensive version of Devastator, because it has a whole bunch of extra retooling that makes all the individual guys better, and it has like a handful of little things that make Devastator better. Um, if you're always going to just leave it as Devastator, and it would cost you more to get uh, the Unite Warriors version, then you probably should just stick with Combiner Wars. Because Unite Warriors, a majority of its improvements are for the sake of the individual Constructicons. And it's great, because I love those individual Constructicons. But if you don't care... And you can get the Combiner Wars one for like 90 bucks on sale somewhere. Just do that and you're fine. You're set. Anything else you want, get like a $30 add-on and you're you're fine. Um, but aside from all the obvious changes, uh, the overall feel of Unite Warriors Devastator, uh, I, I didn't think it was going to feel a whole lot better. But like Bone Crusher's hips actually click together friggin' rock solidly on my Unite Warriors version. I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I was really pleasantly surprised because I love Combiner Wars Bone Crusher. So the Unite Warriors version as a physical toy is better. And uh, that was great to see. Um, also, I, I cannot find the tweet anymore. Someone from uh, Sweden 
asked me uh, which one is better, and I said, well, depends on where you are, but you know, if it's going to be a lot cheaper to get Combiner Wars, then you've really got to consider whether or not you're going to leave them combined. Turns out, even when it's not on sale, getting Unite Warriors Devastator off HLJ was cheaper than trying to get him in Sweden, because in Sweden, he apparently costs, like, triple his American retail. And I was like, yeah, in your case, to go go get the Unite Warriors version, like, because I've been to Europe during Transformers. That's awful. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Unite Warriors Devastator is uh, is a very solid piece, at least the, the one I'm handling. I know there were some problems back when he came out people had with some construction issues. There aren't any on the one I got. I don't know if maybe that got solved over time, but uh, it's so nice to have a scrapper with elbows because I love Combiner Wars scrapper even without elbows. Adding elbows to him makes him easily the second best figure of the set, and I only say that because I adore Bone Crusher. So... Uh, I'm trying, I'm working on a video for Combiner Wars Devastator and I'm writing the, uh, comparison video for Unite Warriors Devastator because I want to get all that f just out there while it's all fresh in my head. And also now I got two Devastators and, uh, nothing makes you feel more self-conscious about being a fan of something than having two 18 inch action figures from that something standing next to each other it's, it's, it's this moment where you're like what am i doing with myself but then i realize you know what i'm doing myself i'm doing great things because i'm happy uh, uh that's all the transformer stuff i did though okay uh also everyone keeps insisting the greens are different between the two and like i had to stare at scrapper next to scrapper for like 20 minutes and i finally noticed there is actually a real tiny tiny difference that maybe I don't know, maybe I'm lightly colorblind or something, but, like, it's so minuscule. I can't believe it being a, any kind of talking point. Um, but, yeah, I think that's all the Transformers stuff I did. Seth, uh, did you do anything non-Transformers this week? Yeah. Oh, no. Sort of. What did you do? Well, toy-wise, uh, it's all Lego. And most of it's really my girlfriend's, but then by, you know, the fact that we live together, also mine. <laughs> so, so it's my girlfriend. I, I don't collect Lego. It's ugh. So we stumbled across uh, some of the, the new Blind Pack Wave, mm -hmm. Series 15, I think it is. Oh, I saw some of your tweets. Yeah, so we found one bag at a Target, and my girlfriend's like, What? is this it is that all and like we're like kind of scrambling around seeing if there were any more somewhere but there weren't and then we went to toys r us and the, they had more but i don't know if it's at every toys r us or just, or just ours but they don't have the blind packs back by the lego stuff anymore they keep them on the customer service counter and we just felt weird feeling the bags for too long <laughs> so we got one at Target that she didn't feel at all. Ted just grabbed it, so we didn't. We had no idea what was in there. And then she just quickly found, and they were on sale too for five bucks. Um, so she just quickly found four that felt different, but still not really sure what they were. So we we got five, no dupes. And one of the questions she had was, so if there's a new wave of these out. Does this mean Vangelist is going to do a video where he opens bags and gets doubles and freaks out? And I said, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm here's what I always say is I don't know, maybe I'm done with those minifigures, is what I always say whenever a new set comes out. So far that's never actually been me being done with minifigures. 
So I'll probably end up buying a bunch of them because I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm a real idiot. Also, I saw that mullet, and it's like, well, I want him. Yeah. So we got the pro wrestler who has a mullet. And I don't know if this is the first Lego mullet that's been out there or if they've recycled this piece from something else, but it's pretty fantastic. If you need mullets for your other guys, just get a bunch of pro wrestlers. Uh, you could identify him in the bag because he comes with a trophy. So you just feel for the trophy. Don't feel for the mullet? Well, I guess the mullet's well, more could, abstract. You could do that, too. To, to feel for whatever you feel for them all feel for the trophy you got two points of reference yeah uh the the one that we got at target the one that was just there was uh the janitor so we got the janitor we got the shark mm-hmm. shark guy Sh- shark, shark guy looks like the centerpiece of that set at a glance well yeah, he, he's of the five we got he's the only one that has two faces oh what are his faces uh, there's like a freaked out face where he's like gritted teeth looking worried and a bead of sweat coming down. <laughs> Why am I in this suit? Yeah, and then like a cocky smirk face. Yeah, that's that's such a weird pair of faces. Like the why am I in this suit? And they're like, yeah, I'm in a shark suit. <laughs> yeah, what up? I'm shark. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, then we got the the like Victorian era queen with the big giant wide dress. Mm-hmm. So in that case, just feel for a giant block that's curved <laughs> on the sides. Um, and like the bird god, whatever this guy's supposed to be, um, which I'm assuming he's using a lot of parts from Chamara or something. Mm. But he's like, uh, he's got a winged helmet and bird wings and armor and a spear. He's kind of weird. Uh, then... We also worked on getting caught up on the Lego Dimension sets. Those seem to be perpetually on buy two, get something off. Well, they had an even better deal at Toys R Us last week. The deal's over as of now. <clears throat> I don't know if there's a current deal. I haven't looked at this week's ad. But last week's deal was everything was up to 50% off. All right, just straight up. Just straight up. No BOGO, no buy one, get one 40%. Yeah, no. Just some of the sets were like 40% off. Some of the sets were 50% off. Um, So we saved almost like just under 60 bucks from the discounts nice. for the sets we got. And we were behind. So we had gotten some of the previous wave. Um, not the most recent wave, and there's one more wave to go. It looks like it's going to be a small wave with only like three sets in it. Uh, we had gotten a couple of the fun packs because they they did a BOGO just on fun packs a little while ago, and there were three, so we got two of them. Um, but we got everything we didn't have yet except for the Joker and Harlequin two-pack because they didn't have any and they only had two of the uh the midway um pack which i would have been super bummed if that that was sold out oh, was that the, the the midway arcade kid yeah and it comes with the defender cabinet and the spy hunter car yeah and i guess it unlocks like 20 classic midway games inside of lego dimensions man um which i i gotta actually like put it together and dust the game disc off and and give it a go but I, yeah i think you get a whole bunch of classic midway arcade games with that that's really cool 
Because I, I, I was I was talking to somebody the other day about, about some of the Toys to Life stuff, and it looked like, because I, I, I saw Lego Dimension stuff on the online Lego shop had all been marked down as well. Uh, it looked like just marked down to the cost of the actual Lego pieces for the most part, you know, plus a bit for the game disc. Uh, and it felt, I was, I was looking at it just going like, I guess Lego Dimensions hit whatever it's, or it's like first major milestone of profit was because they, they are just clearing it out now. It's like, we made our money here. Just if you, if you're still not on. <laughs> yeah. And Lego Dimensions, like each set is like, you're looking at more than if you were collecting Skylanders, Disney Infinite or Amiibo, but there's a lot less. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to kind of keep track of what you got and not have to buy tons and tons of stuff. Like, we're realizing how far behind we've fallen on the current line of Skylanders and getting kind of stressed out. Like, man, we're so far behind and we really haven't been paying that much attention to it. Like, neither one of us could remember if we had certain characters or not already. And it's like, oh, we're going to have to actually look at what we've bought so far and kind of inventory this thing if we're going to catch up and get the rest of these and then kind of started thinking maybe we shouldn't have bothered with superchargers and maybe we don't bother with whatever the next skylander thing is i was going to ask you if you if you guys felt like maybe you've hit your natural end point on skylanders yeah i think we're we're coming to the end of the road on that. Let's make a shelf out of what you got. Make the display, the archive. No, they're kept in big Tupperware bins. <laughs> sorted by line. <laughs> you gotta get some of those uh, those wall-mounted acrylic things for, like, little figures. There's so many of them, man. I don't think we have enough walls. <laughs> <laughs> Be a real colorful room. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, the girlfriend also picked up the uh, Doctor Who set. Oh, Lego creations or whatever it is. Oh yeah, the like the, the big one. Yeah, yeah. I heard. I heard it's really nice. Yeah, she hasn't built it yet, but we got it. Yeah, I was eyeballing it, but I never saw it on sale, so I was like, oh, I'll keep waiting. Yeah, and then she was drooling pretty hard over a couple of the new Star Wars sets, um, but she's resisted so far. Mm. <laughs> like she she's held them a couple of times and been like, no, I got to be good. I got to not spend so much money, and then put them back down. <laughs> And I just stood back and I'm like, this is, this is your decision. I'm not going to talk you in or out of it. Do what you feel is best. <laughs> it's part of the growth of being a toy collector is when you start going like, wait, do I want to buy this or am I buying it because I bought all the other ones? Yeah. Um, and then we got an elliptical exercise machine. Cool. I love, I love the, those things look so interesting. I've used one only once. Cause, uh, my, I think one of my aunts had one, but like they look like the weirdest invention. I don't know how they came to exist because it's like who sat down and went like, you know what? Exercise bikes are doing it wrong. We're going to have all this stuff move instead. Well, there was um, I remember like in the 80s when the Nordic track machine came on the scene and that was trying to simulate cross country skiing. So it had these like you, your feet went into the things and they slid back and forth and your feet would like come up. Like if you've seen cross country skiing, the way the heel of the skier's foot comes off the ski. Yeah. And just like their toes are attached and it was a similar movement and there were cables that you would go back and forth with, like with the ski poles. And I always just assumed that ellipticals were an evolution of that. 
like ellipticals evolved from the Nordic track machine. Yeah. Um, to the point where Nordic track makes ellipticals now and not cross country <laughs> ski simulators. We went to a garage sale a couple months ago and someone had one of those out in their driveway. And I was like, Oh man, I haven't seen one of these in forever. Uh, that was amazing. Um, but so I've only used this one once. <laughs> um, so you're done. <laughs> well, my work has been nuts. My And like, this was what my girlfriend wanted. She, she wanted an elliptical. I kind of left it in her hands to decide what we were going to get. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's, used it many a time like she's used it almost every day since we've gotten it oh nice um which is great because that that's what you want to do if you're going to spend that kind of money and not use it as a coat rack that's Um, the worst idea teasing her about (laughs) to the point of it was becoming very clear that i should stop teasing about it (laughs) um so we we had gone to a bunch of places that sold exercise equipment along with other stuff like Dick's Sporting Goods. And it's like, well, they got these, and I guess these are okay. Um, But, and then she would, like, look up reviews and whatnot. And then I remember down in San Rafael, which is kind of a little closer than halfway to San Francisco from here. Um, I remember I used to always see on, like, the main drag of the city, there was a, a big like dedicated exercise equipment store. I'm like, well, let's go check that place out. So we went down there and uh, talking to the, the salesman slash owner. And they had like brands that we never saw anywhere else. And, and he was explaining with, with everything he sells, like, what is it like two years or one year of free maintenance. So if anything goes wrong, he'll, he comes out himself to fix it. And the way he, he put it was, um, I don't want to come out and fix stuff all the time. (laughs) So if I start selling a machine and I feel like I have to fix it too much, I get rid of it. I don't sell it anymore. Um, so it's sort of like this natural selection that he set up to, to hopefully weed out crummy machines. That's cool. So I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but there's a link to uh, a picture of the thing we got, which ended up being a lot more than we were originally planning on spending. Yeah. But it's much more compact and had some features and functions that that the uh, the price range we were looking at didn't have. And the room we put it in is pretty small. So it's it's much more compact nature um, is great. <laughs> and it has a transformer name, so you can stick a Decepticon symbol sticker on it and make it on topic. Oh, I should do that. Yeah, it's the Octane. <laughs> My girlfriend's going to walk in that room and be like, what did you do? What? It's Octane! What? <laughs> what do you mean, what did I do? I didn't do anything. It was always like that. I haven't even touched that thing. <laughs> I just put my coat on the handle. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a cool unit. So, and I, I need to do something. I need to get to losing some weight again, because like I lost a bunch of weight a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I managed to lose 30 pounds and I've been very afraid to get on a scale because I know I've at least put it all back, if not more. Yeah. So as soon as things settle down at work. Um, I'm going to try to get into the habit of jumping on that thing myself. 
You can uh, you can use it as your way of calming down Frank Underwood style. Yeah. Get on the elliptical and, and... Well, he used a rowing machine. Yeah, this will be your version of it, your permutation. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll take it easy. Don't get upset. Listen, I have it all scripted out. Okay, <laughs> I figured this out myself. I haven't, we haven't watched the new season of House of Cards yet, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know what happens. It's, uh, we were so bummed out with how season three went. Oh, n- listen. I, I think we've... Well, well, we were talking about it this morning, and we've decided, like, look... We're coming into like the summer hiatus where like all the weekly shows we watch are going to be going away, and we're going to be in a position where we don't have shows to watch. So let's just wait until then, and then we'll watch it when there's just nothing else to watch. (laughs) It's it's a good plan, and like I can tell you, as someone who thought season three was a massive misstep, uh, season four is a return to form for the most part. Okay, it better be. It's like it's not like I, I was thinking about it. Nothing will ever be season one and two. Like those, those are untouchable. I think, and in part because they were at least for me, they were like really breaking new ground as well. Yeah. But season three was where all right, you are you have set up the perfect situation, and then you you fell down a staircase. Season four is them doing a handspring at the very last second as they're about to hit the last step and then landing on their feet, and it's like all right, yeah. <laughs> all right, you recovered. <laughs> yeah, and it. To, the way it felt to me was like season one and two was Frank working toward his goal and then getting it at the end of season two and then them not knowing what to do in season three because this whole existence of this character was getting to that point and it didn't feel like anybody thought about what happens when he gets there. Yeah. Um, oh, and yesterday we were at this like home and garden show thing. And I saw a dude wearing a, a campaign shirt that said Underwood 2016. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to say anything. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I would I would recommend that if you if you dug House of Cards and then you were like, oh, this season three, I don't know. Like, go through to season four. It's, yeah. it's worth it. It's, well, we will watch it. We're just not in a hurry. Yeah. We are in a hurry to watch Daredevil, though. We're five episodes deep on that. I'm. Uh, I think I'm five deep now. I've been trying to take my. I've been trying like mad to take my time with Daredevil because I was feeling the pressure of current social media to like barrel through it, and then I was like, I don't want to, and so I've resisted barreling <laughs> through it. And I was saying on Twitter the other day, like I feel like we're a few steps away from just the general cultural consensus to be like right now. Generally, people are kind of like, after two weeks, hey, if you really didn't want to be spoiled, you'd have seen it by now. Which already I feel is a bit of a loaded statement to drop on somebody because what if they can't see it right now if it's yeah. a movie? Um, I think we're a few steps away from people going, hey, listen, if you wanted to see it, it's been out for 36 hours. You'd have seen it by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been on for 10 hours longer than all the episodes put together. So you could have slept and still watched it all. So if you really yeah. cared, anyway, here's how it ends. You know, like we're. We're getting a little, we're treading close. I would not trade away the Netflix approach of giving us the whole season at once because I love dictating my pace. Like, I, I hate waiting. I, I like it. I like that I'm in control of that. And I'll, I'll take this as as the, the other side of the blade on that. But, like, I would also encourage people, like, don't don't turn into monsters over this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten really good at avoiding spoilers lately. And part of that is... I, I'm not following any dicks that tend to spoil stuff on Twitter. Like, pr- pretty much everyone on my Twitter is cool. So, they don't blow stuff. Every now and then someone's like, 
that they'll try to talk around something and and they're trying to say something without saying something but they'll get like close enough to where you can infer what they're talking about and and it's like, ah, oh, you guys getting a little too close to the sun, guy. I, I, I <laughs> speaking speaking to somebody who has been that guy. Like, it's so easy to to just start to start really well and then get carried away. Like, yeah. I've been there where it's like, I really want to say something and I don't want to spoil it, so I'm going to talk around it. And sometimes I can do it. Sometimes I suck at it. And like, <laughs> I, you just got to be able to recognize sometimes when you've tread too close and then just end your tweet string. Just go like, oh, never mind, I've I've gone too close. Even say it out loud. Just you know. I'm going to stop here. I don't, no one's going to judge. No one's going to review my tweets. I'm not going to get a, a letter from the editor going like, Oh, your, your train of thought was a little bit incomplete. Like no one's going to do that. So just, you know, if yeah. you, if you, if you've tried and you think you're edging close, don't feel like you have to figure out the exit. You can also just stop if you think you've, you've screwed up. Yeah. Uh, well, it could be something like, Oh man, I can't believe that guy died on tonight's episode of walking dead. We got it. We got to all like, agree that like, that's too close. Cause I've yeah, seen that argument like, before. What, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. It's like, well, I didn't say who died. I'm like, yeah, but now I'm going to spend the whole episode waiting for someone to die. Cause like, I'm not going to say that cause I, this is another conversation I've seen. I'm not going to say spoiler stuff is as serious as like, you know, activating someone's PTSD or something. Like, end of the day, I'll deal with it. But, like... <laughs> Triggered! But, yeah, but, like, it, it's not on that level. But it's a great way to describe that to someone. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. there are people who friggin'... And, you know, I, I like to not be spoiled. And, and I feel like I could deal with it if I am. But, like, let's, you know... So in this context, in this weird... In this absolute first world conversation we're having over telling people what happened in our goofy shows we watch, like... When you start saying, like, well, I didn't say who died, it's kind of like you said someone died, though. And, like, even on Walking Dead, if I understand correctly, there are episodes of that show where people don't die. Like, I, I've heard there are even episodes of Game of Thrones where characters don't die. So, <laughs> well, and then uh, it was a while ago, but on a Talking Dead, Chris Hardwick, I think it was Chris Hardwick, said something like, uh, like the crazy thing with this show is telling somebody that a character didn't die is a spoiler like oh uh, maggie is uh still alive at the end of the episode it's like okay well now anytime she's on screen i know i don't have anything to worry about because she's gonna be fine yeah sort of a thing but like i know almost nothing about 10 cloverfield lane and i really want to see that before I accidentally stumble across something before it spawns some kind of meme. Everyone starts doing, yeah, whatever. And that like may this end up morning, being. I saw a commercial for it that added like a fraction of context I didn't have before mm -hmm. for the situ whatever the situation in the movie is, and I was disappointed. Yeah, like I mean, trailers. I have I have so much I could talk about the the state of modern trailers right now and the attitudes that dictate how they're edited. Well, the trailers and commercials I've been seeing for 10 Cloverfield Lane so far um, just made me like, oh, I got to find out what this is about. But oh, yeah. I don't want to know what it's about until I see the movie because they did a really good job of like not letting you really know anything. I, I saw like, the one. These characters are in a bunker and that's all we're telling you. Yeah, I saw the one major trailer and I thought it was very well done. But what you're describing to me sounds like. It's on TV now, and the movie's out, so can you just add this little edit to make it more spicy for the TV audience? You know, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, that's... Here comes the thing that I don't like about modern trailers, is whoever that yeah. idiot was who... <laughs> well, this commercial was from still before 
the movie had come out, I was catching up on Bob's Burgers and <laughs> from my DVR. And it was like this Thursday, 10 Cloverfield Lane. And then they showed one of the characters saying something that adds just a little bit more context than I knew before. And again, it's not like they gave away the whole movie. Yeah. Like, I still don't know what's going on, but I know a little bit more about one of the characters than I did before. And I was like, ah, I wish I didn't know a little bit more. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say one more time, because I, I feel this way when I start talking about this trailer stuff or when I start talking about friggin sound editing and reality TV. Like, this is a lot of e- energy and effort and thought I'm putting into something that ultimately doesn't really matter all that much in the bigger picture. <laughs> And yeah. I, I just want to state I recognize that, so you know I'm I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna equate this with something that makes you like on a an intrinsic level uncomfortable or something that you know like can put you in an anxiety spiral for like three days like that stuff is legit serious and I should be putting more thought into that kind of thing, but like that's just where, that's where I am with our current media culture is I I'm, I've spent way too long thinking about intricate rules for spoiler etiquette. <laughs> But at the end of the day, it's really just like, yeah, follow the right people. And like in my case, I developed a bit of a mental filter when I read when I read Twitter. It's like I can kind of identify if I'm reading the middle of someone talking about something where I haven't caught a keyword. And I'm like, oh, they're talking about Daredevil and they've said they finished watching it. I'm going to not read their tweets right now until I finish watching it. Um, I found out apparently Janitor, which is a Twitter uh Client, I never really use external Twitter clients that aren't on my phone because I'm lazy. Uh, but apparently, Janitor is a Twitter client where you can actually mute things or people just for a temporary block of time, like anywhere from oh. a number of minutes to hours to even like a full month, and then oh. it'll automatically unmute that person or subject afterwards. And like that's amazing, and it's made me like tempted to try that thing out because like my biggest problem with muting people is I forget to unmute people afterwards, <laughs> and then eventually I sit there going like. I wonder why insert person hasn't tweeted in like three months. And I go and look and it's like, do you want to unmute them? And I'm like, ho ho, good thing no one knows when muting happens because this is <laughs> egg on my face. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I didn't know that was a function in a, in a Twitter client. It's a such a smart friggin' function. Like Twitter should implement that themselves. But hey, instead they've implemented an algorithmic timeline because that's a good use of everyone's time. Uh, all right. I don't remember how we got here. We were talking about your elliptical machine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what the? F- okay. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm not. I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm not, not sure. Either. I'm not going to listen back either. I refuse to figure out how this happened. I'm just going to accept that this happened. Uh, <laughs> Seth, I have a couple quick what I got off topics that I wanted to share with right, you here. Well, let's, let's I bought another Marvel Legends toy. Oh boy. My comic shop restocked on the Absorbing Man wave. I wanted to buy two way. figures. I only had enough to buy one before the weekend, and the other figure, Venom, disappeared afterwards. So it's like, I still, I'm still looking for Venom. But I picked up a Gwen. Uh, okay, there you go. Because I figured Gwen. between the two, Gwen will probably be the harder one to find over time. Um, so I, I looked you in my Instagram picture, but the little quote there is basically my review of the figure in a nutshell. Great figure that desperately needs hand swap options. Yeah. Uh, so I even tested this. You can pull her hands out super easy. It's like they're built to be swapped. And uh, I then, after this, because I'm a very much a spectator to Marvel Legends, I went and did some research because people were saying, yeah, the teen girl buck has that problem. I'm like, oh, it's a buck? Uh, so I looked and like, okay, all the spider women have used the same body. 
there's a mirrored thwip hand on Mayday uh, Spider Girls. So it's like, okay, so there's another thwip hand. There's a mirror, there's a, an open hand on Ultimate Jessica Drew. I'm like, oh, there's open hands. There's mirrored alt fists and, alt and open hands on other figures. So I'm like, so between all the figures, there are actually like three, no, four very specific pairs of hands for this buck that are all tiny and probably could have been like unlocked on the tooling when any of these were made. The only reason why I say that is because all the spider dudes come with like 15 sets of hands and they're bigger and their hands are bigger. And I'm like, come on, like, come on, come on. <laughs> Cause the thwip yeah. hand is a, is a, is a nuisance on this figure. Um, I can't imagine what the mayday figure is like with two thwip hands. And like, that's it. It's like, like any other hand you can kind of, yeah. <laughs> And any other hand you can kind of put behind the fuzz of it's an action figure, but a thwip hand is like, hey, is something wrong? Your middle fingers seem to be curled up. And then all these figures <laughs> have to go like, yeah, sorry, that's my really weird specific arthritis that I have. Because <laughs> uh, other than that, like, yeah, it's a really good figure. Um, Hoopla had posted something on Twitter that I totally agree with. Uh, the other bummer about the Gwen figure is she's got an unmasked head sculpt, which looks great, except that her expression is like completely dead. Yeah. Like absolutely dead monotone expression. And like all she had to do was have an emotion on her face. Cause as it is, she does. She just looks like she's bored and it's like, yeah, it, it's the hot toys thing of like, you did a, a, an immaculate rendition of this actor in a completely neutral expression, staring into space. <laughs> uh, but all that aside, otherwise, like, really nice figure. I'm very surprised by the amount of posability I'm getting out of this figure because I kind of assumed the hips and the torso joint would be incredibly limited. They're limited, but they're not as limited as I thought they were going to be. So I then went on Google looking to see, well, obviously, since you can swap the hands and all these other hands exist, surely someone has made an unofficial or a third-party set of hands for this figure. No one has made an unofficial or third-party set of hands for this figure. And I think that's insane. So if someone could, you know, just do that, then, then we'll be all set. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand how that's not happened. There's someone on Shapeways who has made an iron, a set of iron spider backpack legs, fully ball-jointed, that you can attach to one of these figures. Someone's made that. But no one's made spare hands. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's one of the things I got this week. And it's really good well, figure. You should get the rest of that wave because I really like the Observant Man. I'm, I'm, I'm committed. I'm committed right now. I'm going to get Venom. And I'm probably going to get Ben Riley because he's super cheap on Big Bad. But I'm, I'm just interested in spider people right now. Uh, that's how I'm keeping control of, of, of myself. But Absorbing Man's been on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again. I still haven't started watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I'm inoculated. I haven't... I'm safe. Also, it's... I don't, I don't like the voice of the actor playing... Uh, Who's playing him? Some guy. Yeah. Some buff guy with a shaved head. In, in, be, in my mind, Absorbing Man should have, like, a Brooklyn accent. Yeah, he has a... Bronx accent. He has a thug face. Like yeah, he needs he a just, thuggish yeah, voice. He just has like this nondescript dude voice. I am the absorbing he's, man. No, he's not. He's just like, oh, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> he just sounds like some guy. Yeah. Like he should sound more like a character. That's in my head. So when he keeps his yapper shut and he doesn't have any lines, he's fine. <laughs> the uh, the wrecking ball accessory that Gwen comes with for him 
I'd forgotten about the part where the chain was just one piece. Yeah. It looks like it's multiple pieces in the package. Really disappointing. Because I was about, to, I was opening the toy going like, you know what? If, if those chain links, I'll accept she doesn't come with any extra hands if that paid for all these chain links. I pulled the thing out like, oh, right. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, the wrecking ball is is a bummer. It's That's like a the golf ball. The, the thing. Um. Anyway. But uh, the other thing I got was uh, from Mechazone, David White, uh, some 3D printed robots. Uh, I got a little figure called Fangar, who's a figure he did based on a RoboForce character. And he's got like six ball joints in each arm because his arms are all snake-like. The taller figure is called uh, Comantis, and it's a piece of art. It's gorgeous. I got a close-up picture of it, too. Uh, this It's one of his six-inch uh, 3D printed toys. Uh, it's got a lot of new parts. He's added bicep swivels to the arms and, uh, it's got like actual, like iridescent metallic paint on several parts of its body that react to light really weirdly. Uh, the eyes and the wing parts on the legs and arms are like a semi-translucent amber plastic with an ink wash that are apparently blacklight reactive. Um, and it looks gorgeous. Uh, it was about 75 bucks. If you paid an extra 20 bucks, you got one with an actual, like, clamshell package as well. And I wish I'd gotten one of those, but I just I could not commit the extra 20 at the time. Um, but he made, uh, I think, 15 in total. No, 25 in total. And five of them had clamshell packages. 20 of them were just bagged, like mine. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful piece. Like, it's the best thing he's made so far. And, like, looking at it in person, it's like... Even more so than his his other pieces with that iridescent paint and the, the ink wash and everything. It's like astounding that this thing came out of a 3D printer. Um, and uh, he had a, he took a great photo for his uh, social media of when he finished all 25 of them. He lined them up in like a triangle formation and took a photo and was like, now I have to give these up. And I kind of don't want to. And I was <laughs> like, I couldn't do, like having I own one. And I'm like, the idea of 25 of these standing in front of me, I wouldn't be able to get rid of them because, like, they, they look gorgeous. Uh, when I told them, I told him that on Twitter, he was like, yeah, I was like having 25, like, gems in front of me that I had to give to people, uh, you know, for money. But uh, he spent, like, a good month building and, and painting and assembling these things, and it's uh, it's fantastic. I got to go back and get a, a video done for his biologist mechanaut and then do a video for this thing because, like, they, they need to be shown and shared with the world. They are... Uh, lovely like they're expensive but like you're paying for someone's time and effort along with their design work and their printer so for a for a, this time a two-person operation like it totally makes sense his wife did a whole bunch of the iridescent airbrushing to help him get them all done within the month um uh, and it's yeah it's it's lovely it's also a, a six inch robot bug man with like mantis hands so it's everything i want in a way uh but i was super impressed with it and the little Fangar figure was like twenty five bucks. He's much shorter, but like really posable for something that that's that both that small and kind of that simple in construction. Because all the joints, they're either ball socket joints or it's just a five millimeter peg in a hole, and it's a swivel uh, as a result. And it's 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 really well done stuff. So I haven't gotten a Mechazone package in a while, so this was this was exciting. I wanted to yell about it for a bit. I'm also just like that that mugshot of Comantis. Uh, that I took, like, I took that, and I was just like, this is the kind of thing, like, you know, it's it's a painted and finished figure, but I look at that, and I'm like, yeah, I really look forward to the hypothetical future when we all have 3D printers and can just, like, print off something that an artist has made, and then, you know, finish it up ourselves. Um, so that's all I got this week to talk about. 
Um, I'm still, I'm, I'm going to hunt down me a Venom, but I'm, I'm not going to go crazy with the Marvel Legends. I'm just picking and choosing. Uh, Did you get that Ghost Rider? Been been thinking about that Ghost Rider. His mouth opens and closes. I know, and I, I could switch his head with other people to give them burning skull heads. I'm holding mine right now, and I'm making his mouth move. And I can, like, feel it happening, <laughs> too. <laughs> I want to make his mouth open. Uh, <laughs> well, you can stick stuff in it. Yeah, stick some stuff in his open mouth. Seth, uh, thank you for joining me this week. Oh, glad to be here. For our 399th podcast. The last 300th. That's right. Closing the book next week. We WrestleMania. Open, that's right. WrestleMania 400. God, can you imagine if WrestleMania hits 100? Like, it's going to be a long time. It'll be a long time from now. I don't know. Do you think they're going to just keep it in the family? Just like <laughs> go into triple digits with that thing? Still talk about their Twitter like 70 years from now? <laughs> Uh, anyway, thanks for joining me. Thanks all for listening. We'll be back with some more Transformers and uh, cut! But you got some badass perpetrators, they're here to stay.